and then I'll yeah I'll just go ahead and I'll edit in the intro later and say something like this is the Simply Love Jesus podcast where we explore life and we explore faith through a lens of a of a question and uh, that question is what does it mean to simply love Jesus. <laughs> so this isn't the actual intro no, i'm guessing unless I, it is that might be a cool be. one i don't know Every, we'll see how you're feeling that day yeah exactly how my how i'm feeling that day will be a huge factor yeah you um, might be listening to this right now like dang do they forget to cut that part out like yeah. no this is intended this was intentional mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm um this this podcast is not sponsored by kirkland signature water ionized all con i'll 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 Alkaline. <laughs> Al- what if they just offered you a sponsorship? Alkaline. Like, what if they just like offered you a sponsorship right now, just because they thought you gained so much popularity because you just couldn't spell alkaline, pronounce alkaline, pronounce it, and that's what gave it popularity. And then, like you know, like millions of people are like, ah, this guy. And then, it's, like, they give you a big contract, and everybody loves Jesus. Yeah, that's right. It's pH nine point five, which I guess is good for some. I don't know. What, yeah, what anything higher than. Well, I guess not too high, but like higher alkaline because a lot of the food that you eat is really like low in um, pH, like acidic. And what's 14 alkaline? 14? That's like, wait, what is this? Does it really say that? Oh, that's like the scale. That's like the most basic. That's like basic versus acidic. So basically, if you're a 14, like you're the most basic white girl ever. would be acidic. Right. Then like you're like super like. You can't see this listeners, but there's this little bar graph. It's got numbers one through 14 and it's like there's acidic. This is something we learned in like 10th grade chemistry class. Well, I cheated all through high school. You cheated high school. (laughs) I was not a good student. Well, that's not true. That's that's been over exact. Cheating is the wrong word. I uh, I don't know what the word you is. You use your resources in a very I, yes, efficient way. Yes, but I actually <laughs> did study, so it wasn't like I didn't study at all. But same way I you just, do college now. There were just certain late ways nights. That I assured that I got better grades. Otherwise, this is I'm not going to divulge this. My teachers could be listening to this, or former teachers. My high. Ms. Garrison, I think there's a statute of limitations on that, yeah, though, right? That's like, true. You got your diploma. I that's don't think true. they can revoke that at this point. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Miss <laughs> Garrison, if you're listening to this, I want to apologize very deeply. <laughs> um, I did. You you spent a lot of times just sitting with me and helping me understand the classes, and uh, yeah, there were just certain certain things with you know black. This is what we would do. Okay, I'm going to expose everyone who could still go oh, to that man. school. <laughs> Because they could still be, I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't we, even say the name of the school. Well, well I'm not going to say the name of the school, but they yeah, don't put them you know, on blast. For those who know what school I went to and those who may still be going to that school. Anyways, what we would do, I'm pretty sure we set up like an entire generation of cheaters and I'm the worst person ever. But they had these black construction paper. I can't believe we're even talking about this. On oh here. my gosh. I'm going to like lose all credibility. I don't even care. All right. <laughs> I do care, but I don't care because... You know, some things you're just so good at that, you know, it's an opportunity of these genius things that I held inside that nobody knows that I did. But at school, we had this black construction paper that they would give us for our tests. Right. And those were designed to cover up your answers. Oh, wow. And so, but everyone would doodle on these things, right? So what I would do was I'd study for these tests and stuff like that, but um, probably not as well as I should have. But what I would do is before the teacher would show up to class, I and a couple of my friends who will go unnamed for the sake of not writing them out, um, I would, we would go into class and we would get, we would, before the teacher showed up, we'd open our book, 
we would start looking for the chemistry equations and different things you'd have to know. And we would write the equations on our construction paper in the midst of these doodles that other people had. So then when the teacher is helping other people, we would switch construction papers. So one person would have, and we would answer all the other ones while another person had the equations that you would use to solve some of the problems. So you weren't really like cheating, like you're getting the answers, but you did, we did set it up to where we would have, we were cheating because we would have these equations that you're supposed to memorize and we would just write them down and then pass it along and use it to solve the answers. And then when the teacher was helping someone else, we'd pass it all the way around and at our table because you'd have like four people would sit at one table. The last person to have the construction paper would then take the equations and, and scribble over and make new doodles out of that out of that uh, equation. So it would just look like it's this art piece or whatever. And then we would go away. And that was how I passed my science classes. <laughs> so, wow. So that's a yeah. uh... very elaborate plan. Yeah, very elaborate. I mean, yeah. and you know, considering high school was like ten years ago for yeah. you, then I, I was guess. pretty smart back then. Yeah, probably in an evil way, but I guess I don't know. Hey, now you use that smarts to yeah. honor the Lord a little that's more. Right. That's right. So, so that's so better. Repenting of my sins, drinking my alkine holy water. Yeah, <laughs> it's the holy water flushing out the cheater <laughs> sins. <laughs> So glad you're listening. I hope did you did you get did you listen to? I did my homework this week, and I think we both sound amazing. I mean, I mean, I'm maybe a little biased opinion, but uh, I, think <laughs> I actually we both do sound like amazing. our podcast. Like I, I've been I've been doing this podcast I think three years now, and I actually do. It is like I, it sounds narcissistic, but it is actually one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Even though I was the one who who spoke the stuff, I just I'll go back and listen to it. I'm like, yeah, that was that's solid. I, I go back and critique myself, but as I go back and critique myself, I'm like, this was solid content. Like we yeah, I was good, solid. I still stand by this. Like I there's nothing I go back and I listen, I go, Oh, I, I probably would change my mind. But now that I go back, they're still solid. So Yeah, no, I agree. I feel the same way. Um, I think we got some good stuff. So if you're, if this is your first time listening, but I guess at this point, if you're really listening to this episode, it's probably not your first time because this is part of a larger series called New Christian, Now What? And if perchance this is your first time listening, like, welcome, so glad you're here. This is a series specifically made for people who have recently decided to identify as a Christian. Someone who recently decided to say, I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to do this thing. And this whole series, this specific series is designed to help them know what to do next. What are their best first steps? If all of us are like children, we talked about in the last episode that if you are a Christian, you've been spiritually born again. And we talked about what it means to be born again. And so because of that, in the church, people have now adopted this phrase, and it's even in the in scripture, but you are a child of God. And people use that all throughout church history to encourage others to remind them that you have been washed clean, that old life has passed away, and you're now a child of God. And so looking at life through that lens and being a Christian, this series is designed just as a new kid has to relearn how to walk and a new baby, they have to learn how to use their legs. We're here to give new Christians the best first steps that they can be taking in their new journey as a believer, as someone who chooses to believe that Jesus not only rose again from the dead, but is God and is the Lord of their life. And they want to dedicate the rest of their life to glorifying him 
and sharing the good news of God's kingdom. So we're going to be talking more about this. And so, as we said, last week was about prayer. The week before that was about the very first thing that you should do is ask one question. To me, to you, who is Jesus? That was week one. The first step you should take is ask yourself that one question, who is Jesus? And then the second week after the next most important thing is to develop just like a child who grows up. The, you don't learn to walk first. You learn to talk first. Before you can even produce language, you're making these sounds and you're trying to communicate with your parents who you depend on. And in the same way, we have to understand the need for prayer, which is why that second step is to understand the need for prayer, to know what it means to have that dependence on the Father dependence on God, dependence on the one who created you, and that in this new life, you're dependent on him. So prayer is communication and talking with God. And you can learn more about that in last week's episode. And this week, we're going to be talking about a whole nother step that is just as important as the others and also incredibly, ah, what's the word? Um, Fatal is the wrong word, but like, what's the difference? Like, this is vital. Vital, I guess, is yeah, is the right word. A vital step as a believer. The third step you should take is to love your Bible. That's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. So, you may have gone to a hotel before, opened a drawer, and seen a book there that says Holy Bible, or maybe you've gone to a store and you've seen a Bible, someone's given you a Bible, you may have opened and read it once or twice before. I don't know what your experience is, but especially if you live in America, Bibles are everywhere. Oftentimes you may hear someone quote the Bible, they may use these, thous, and those, and yees, and yos, and, and you know, yeets, and yets, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many different Bibles, and, it, and, and there's so many different translations, and you know, at the end of the day, what we want you to know is the third most important step after, you know, asking that question, praying. The third step is understanding the, to, that it's important to love your Bible. And we're going to talk about that in this episode. And so we want to start with, uh, we were going to, I was going to say, let's start with why should you love your Bible? But really, before you even know why you should love your Bible, you have to really know what the Bible is. So, Jordan, in your words, what would you say? What is the Bible? The Bible, when it really comes down to it, is a collection of historical letters, historical, um, you know, testimonies, maybe testimonials of uh, of people who existed in the past and uh, had an either an encounter with God or. Um, had a very interesting lifestyle. I'm, I'm really trying to put it in that way that like, you know, if you're listening to this episode right now, you may have literally not grown up in the church or never experienced that. To me, the Bible is like, you know, everything because I just grew up with it knowing that. And actually what's really, I don't think I shared this on the podcast yet, but I actually have a King James version of the Bible, which I totally meant to grab right before we recorded this, but it's too late, I guess. And um, the reason why that's so important to me is because the King James Version is known as the most complex or at least the quote unquote oldest English version, which Caleb knows is not true. And I know he knows it's not true because he's going to before you fact check me, I'll fact check myself. Um, (laughs) But I know like most people believe that to be true. So that's why I'm saying it. But I just remember one time. I was Uber driving really late back when I was like doing that and uh, it was like 4 a.m. or something. I just couldn't sleep and I stopped off at this Walmart and was just like, you know what? I'm going to buy a Bible and I'm not just going to buy any Bible. I'm going to buy a King James Version Bible 
because I want it to just be like, for some reason, when I read that King James version, I'm really forced to focus on the word. It's not like, you know, if I'm reading from the, the NIV or the NIRV or the ESV, where it's like relatively English, relatively modern English, where I can just be like, oh, yes, this is what that means pretty clearly without having to really meditate yeah. on it. And I think, you know, when you look at the Bible, it's not just like reading a book, like you can get a bunch of books that are quote unquote Christian books, but they all are based off of this sacred text. And, um, you know, those words could have what's amazing about the Bible is those words could have so many different meanings depending on what you're going through mm-hmm. in your life. Like I remember reading, uh, oof, um, Matthew six twenty seven is one of my favorite verses of all time. Um, it's w- what can you gain? Can you gain but a single hour by worrying? And, uh, you know, I have so many instances of anxiety in my life. Sometimes anxiety comes in the form of, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I need guidance. And sometimes anxiety comes in the form of, I know exactly what I'm doing, but it's just too much. Like, am I going to be able to physically handle it? And in both situations, Matthew six twenty seven really stands out to me and has helped me just completely relax and give it to God. Yeah. No, I, I love that. So, and also for that, that quick fact check, just so you know, so the King James Bible was first printed in 1611. Okay. But the, the first English translation of the Bible, so you ever heard of Tyndale Publishers? It's sure. very, it's very, you may not have not. Most people who's listening have not because most of people don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. But okay. if you ever have a, like a common, like a Christian book or like a, you have an NLT Bible, which stands for New Living Translation. If you look at the, the publisher, it's probably from Tyndale. Okay. So it's a publishing company. The Tyndale Bible was, was originally written by William Tyndale, and that is the first English translation, which came out in 1535. Um, so that was the first original English translation, the most popular. Does it still English- exist? Yeah, yeah, it is still well, it technically still exists, yes, because we still have copies of it and stuff like that. But the most popular English translation was the sixteen is sixteen eleven, the King James Bible, which by the way is my ancestor. So that's a fun fact. Awesome. Like direct ancestor, King yes, James. So it's himself? my my dad's grand or my dad's dad. So my grandfather, my father's side of the family is ancestry goes back to King James. Wow. So and then my mother's side, this is mainly for Scottish people who love history. On my dad's mother's side, my ancestry goes all the way up to a guy named Robert the Bruce, who was uh, the king of Scotland and was uh, through the War of Independence. You ever saw Braveheart with William yes. Wallace? William Wallace was one of the heroes of the Scottish War of Independence. Robert the Bruce in the Braveheart movie is depicted as this guy who's this who's he's depicted as this man with this big internal struggle about Scottish freedom and obeying his father and he ends up betraying William Wallace. Betraying the English, yeah. though, right? No, but, no, but he no, betrays he's the William. Son of... Yeah, he but he's okay. he, he's the son of this local lord of this land and he's a very influential guy and he decides to betray William Wallace to the English. That's not actually how it went down in history, but in the movie um, that's that character Robert the Bruce is who my ancestor is. Um, that's crazy, so. man. You were born for like royalty, <laughs> man. <laughs> Actually, I have, that's why my uh, my family I always wear my family crest ring. Oh, that's so, lit. Uh, I'm a big history nerd. But anyway, so totally off topic. But uh, and I, I, you don't have. I don't want to take too much of your time. Oh you yeah, no. Be, but I'll, I'll keep you posted. Uh, so the Bible. What is the Bible? The Bible. And uh, Jordan hinted at this earlier. The Bible will go just literally what it is the bible is a collection of of 
various different genres of literature. You have poems, origin story. You have uh, you have apocalyptic literature. You have uh, biographies, autobiographies. Uh, you have letters. You have songs. You have well, which I guess we'll go into poetry. But you have you have so many different collections of ancient literature documents bound together because they tell a single narrative. And what makes the Bible special? This is what makes the Bible special. The Bible wasn't just written for the sake of being these. It's not like you go to a Christian bookstore and you pick out a, a book by, by a Christian author. The Bible had over, um, let's see, there was over 40 traditional authors, but there's way more than that because it's such, it's, it's, you know, this is the Simply Love Jesus podcast, but I can definitely tell you the Bible is not a simple thing. Um, if, if you want another podcast to listen to, I highly recommend uh, doc- Exploring My Strange Bible, which is a podcast that no longer makes episodes by Dr. Tim Mackey, who is now more famously known as the guy, the voice behind the Bible Project. Um, he was a professor at Midwestern Seminary, and he has a collection of his lectures and in his episode exploring my strange bible in his uh, podcast one of his episodes the two-part series on the making of the bible i really encourage you go and listen to that because it's very enlightening on how the bible came together but what makes the bible so special is you have all these various different authors spread across thousands of years and yet they it is so beautifully interwoven and beautifully interconnected, it is the the definitive, most self-referencing collection of literature documents in history. The Bible references itself so many times. Um, it, and, and while that may not make much sense to you, but it makes sense to some really, really smart scholarly people, um, is such a big deal because that further adds to its accuracy and its importance and its significance. Um, but the whole, but why did they write all these things? You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this as easy to chew on in your brain as possible. So there's a lot of stuff that you know can get behind this. But the most important thing is that these people came together to testify about something, not actually something bigger than something. They came to testify about someone. The Bible is all about communicating this grand narrative of history and it all hinges on the kingdom of god it's this idea that the world that we live in is pretty messed up but one day it won't be and so it's communicating to us how this world got messed up why we continue to mess it up the need for it to be fixed and the promise that one day god will return and fix everything and so the bible another way to look at this to break it down even shorter for you The Bible is, well, the Bible is many things, but one thing is the Bible is an opportunity to not only know who God is as a person, but it's an opportunity to uh, know why, uh, see, actually someone, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. Anyway, I'll find it later. But anyways, there's someone who asked me one time, what is the Bible in like one sentence or less? And I answered it and I remember thinking, oh man, I should save that because I was actually really good. (laughs) But the Bible was written to communicate good news. That's the shortest way I can, I can communicate what the Bible is. It was written to communicate good news. It is 
God wanted to communicate and wanted, and he wanted us to have his words and instructions. He wanted us to know what's going on and why things are the way that they are. But God wants us to know and the promise that the world will get better. And that is through him and through when he returns and heaven and earth come together. And that's something that we can talk more about later down the road. But now I know this is a lot for you to chew on, listener, but I want you to hear us out. Like the Bible is so important because it's an opportunity for you to know who God is as a person. It's an opportunity for us to engage with God, to learn from the past, to keep us encouraged in the present and to keep us motivated for what we're working for in the future. What makes it so special beyond just all these authors and all these these um, less spiritual facts about the Bible, what makes it spiritual and what makes it powerful is why they were able to be without error, without, you know, fully, uh, without contradiction. Uh, the Bible makes, this is also what makes it powerful. The Bible makes zero errors in what it claims. That's a now, very specific on that choice of words because um, people try to, you know, throw a side loop and say, well, the Bible, you know, the world doesn't sit on four corners and that is what the Bible would claim. It sits on four corners and that, you know, that's on four pillars and that the blue stuff you see in the sky is water and all this other stuff. And there's all these things that historically and scientifically wouldn't make sense, but you got to understand that the Bible makes specific claims. It has no error in the claims that it makes. And that's something we'll talk about way later on in a different different episode because I want to keep this simple for you. I want to keep it just, you know, I don't want to you know, overwhelm your brain a little bit because hmm. when we start talking about the Bible, a lot. Like, there's, there's so much to know. And, right. and that's another thing you should know. There's so much to know. That is another important thing for you to know about loving your Bible is that there's so much to know. You'll spend your entire life studying this thing. And, you and you'll still, still barely scratch the surface. Still that's barely what's so amazing about it. Yes. Man, it's, I don't even know how to, like, it was so hard because I was trying to even write notes for this. And I'm like, I don't even know how to write notes for this. Because right. all I want you to know is that the Bible, like, and I said this before, and I'll say it again. The Bible is not only, it's a, it's, it's sacred. Like, that's the, the thing about something being sacred is something sacred is like, it is, it is, I don't, I don't even know. How do you describe sacred? Sacred, it, it is just, it's holy. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's, I don't even know what the right non-Christian words are for it. Sacred it's a need. Is, it's a, um, it's not even a need. Well, it's yeah, like, because you, like we were talking about last week, it's like, if all the Bibles were burned, like, of course you still have the Holy Spirit with you. You, yeah. like, you know, you, that's why you identify but who Jesus is. what makes it is. sacred is that, um, well, 
to be sacred is to be like, this is life and death. Like this is like, people will die for this. Like this is, this is, that's what's I guess sacred. Like they take it so how seriously they take is they would die for this. Yeah, and people still do today. Like there are other today. parts of the world. Maybe you're listening from a part of the world yeah. like that somehow. Yeah, but um, that they literally don't have access to the Bible, and I guess that's why the Bible Project's a thing, mm-hmm. because there's just like so many people that don't have that access, or they speak a different language. Yeah. and it's you know the Bible Project is great for taking all these complicated things in the Bible and help making it simple. That's you know they they're really good about that, um, but. When it comes to knowing why the the Bible is powerful, what makes it spiritual, what makes it more than just letters, autobiographies, biographies, poems, and and all these in these other things, what makes it so much more than that is it when you look at all the cool, crazy, audacious facts about the Bible. There's no possible way that over thousands of years, some one person was orchestrating how this thing was written, like. It comes together. It's so beautiful and stretches across multiple, multiple lifetimes beyond what one person or even one group of people could conjure up themselves. It had to be beyond a human capability. That's what makes it so beautiful and how it weaves across and, and it references itself. Everything in the Bible connects. Every minute detail serves a purpose and connects thousands of years it took for this thing to be fully brought together um and man i don't even know what makes it so powerful and why it was able to do that is because it was in they were what you'll hear this a lot that the the scriptures the bible is inspired by god so inspiration what that means to be inspired by god it's not like the same as if i when I wrote my book, for example, and, and just something hit me, oh, in this inspiration, it's much more than it's deeper. It's more personal than that. It is. OK, history lesson. This might actually really be helpful. It's been helpful for me in the past. When a king go back to, you know, your think of in your mind, think of medieval movies and, and medieval times and kings and monarchs and stuff like that. Uh, when a king wanted to make a proclamation to the, his kingdom. He would never, very rarely, would a king write their own words. They would have someone called a scribe who would sit down with them. And the king would, I declare to the people of Worcestershire or whatever kind of kingdom. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, the kingdom of whatever. The kingdom of something. And so I declare to the people and they would, they would speak these words. And the scribe would write down all of his words, every, everything word for word. And at the very end of this document, the king would take a wax seal and with either a signet ring like the one I'm wearing right now or maybe with a stamp, something that has the king's seal on it and that only he has. And then he he presses that seal at the end of the document confirming that this is the word of the king to the people. And then the the messenger would take that docu- pl- that proclamation and go out and spread the word, and, and that would be this document, yada yada yada. That's the same thing, but for the Bible, God is the King, and the authors of the Bible, of the different scriptures, letters, whatever, are the the people who wrote the the authors. They are the scribes. They are the people who God they believe God was pressing on their heart at a specific time for a specific purpose, like. You know, Paul, there's these issues in the church going on. And so Paul feels in the spirit 
God is telling him to communicate something to these churches. So he would sit down and he would write these words. This is the words to this church. This is the words to these people. You know, this is the the words to Israel. And he would write these words down and that would be, you know, sent out to them. And they were inspired to write those words down. Now, how do you know it actually came from God? How do you know it actually was from him? Well, just like the king had a wax seal to show this is this this is the this is my words this came from me and you know it says in Ephesians chapter 1 uh it's not kind of the purpose of it but I think it goes along with what we're saying it says when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him Jesus you were sealed with the promise of the holy spirit so just as that king uses that wax seal to mark these are my words Believers, the believers who penned the words of scripture, you know that it came from God because they had the seal of the Holy Spirit and it was produced by their actions, produced by their love, produced by their works, produced by their by everything that come that is produced by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so that stayed consistent over the years. And it's an opportunity for us to know who God is, to be able to now trust this these documents and it's just is precious it is sacred it's an it's an opportunity to grow and to read and to know God what God did in the past and what he's planning for you and I in the future and your role in the midst of that it's an opportunity to meditate on God's goodness his love and his grace it's an opportunity to to really just i mean it's it's an opportunity to grow closer to God i mean i don't i don't know what else to say after that you know it's man the Bible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so my challenge to you is love your Bible. Love your Bible. When something to, to the ancient Hebrews, the ancient Israelites, this stuff was sacred. They only had what we called the Old Testament. They didn't have what we call as the New Testament. Right. And that's why it's also so important when you're reading the Bible to, to start from the Old Testament, in my opinion. I think you that's should, how history started. That's right. So I would say if you re, if it, so this kind of goes into this next piece, which is where do you start? If you have a Bible, where do you start? Page one. Mm-hmm. Start from page one. Uh, and I would use the Bible is not like a Harry Potter book where you just pick it up, read it. Oh, I mean, you can't you can do that, but you're going to miss so much richness of how it, it applies to you. And you're going to miss it because the Bible wasn't written in 2021. The Bible was written right. several thousand years ago. I mean, you, got, you're not, you weren't born several thousand years ago. There's a lot of context that you're missing. You didn't grow up with their language. You didn't grow up with these, these minute little things that you don't realize influence our world. You didn't even grow up with their worldview. And so get a guide. Get a study guide. More importantly, get a friend. Get someone you can sit down with and read through it together. And as the Bible teaches us, James 4, 8, when we draw near to God, God draws near to us. Amen to that. Mm. The Bible is like, it's like a letter. Not well, I mean, it's, it, there's parts of it that are letters, but like just as its entirety, it's a, it's a massive letter to be read, to know who God is. You can lose it for personal devotion, for, for proper study, to influence what you do and what you say. You can do it. There's so many things. I mean, there, there's just so many things we could talk about with the Bible. But, mm-hmm. uh, any final words from you, man? I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, that's 
you know, one of the most important things I would say to get out of this episode is to pick up the Bible and start reading. I think, you know, without Mm -hmm. overthinking, like what's the best place to start? Or even if you're, I think what's even more beautiful is that thing that you said at the beginning about how you learn to talk before you learn to walk. And I guess going through my mind, I was thinking, well, technically you learn to walk before you actually learn to speak real English. But, you know, you do end up making like you learn to communicate Mm -hmm. before you learn how to walk. So if you're correlating reading the Bible to walking, then, you know, it's normal to think that, oh, you don't you're not really literate at that point, but you're still you're still taking the action. You're still getting up and moving. Right. Like This is the difference between like action and overthinking. Well, it's I mean, think of the process of like before you learn to form language, you learn to start walking, right? Like, exactly. So, so just as you are trying to figure out how to read, you, you're also learning all these other things while you're learning to read. And you there's nothing do, wrong with that. That's yeah, part of the process. That is part of the process, but know that's where you are in your process, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in. We may do a second part for this. Yeah, we may. I mean, this is pretty crucial. Yeah, it's such a crucial part, and there's so much to talk about. Like, this will be definitely the most complicated episode because the Bible is very complicated. Like, it, true. It's not Caleb a, and I don't fully understand it. Yeah, I don't fully understand it. I mean, I've learned a lot over the years, but there's still so much I'm learning, and that it is. You know, this podcast is called Simply Love Jesus, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend everything about Christianity is simple. Like, right. It, the Bible is 100% a complicated document yeah we're doing our best to simplify the process for you yeah can't really simplify we'll, get the more Bible. Pra- we'll do a second part for this episode because um this next one i want to go way more practical but this one is just kind of fire ho- fire hydrant just like trying to know. suck as much water out oh, <laughs> there's just so much to talk about and the most important thing is that you the most one of the third most important step as a new believer is to love your bible just love your bible when i was in high school i literally had a pocket bible and i carried it with me everywhere just read it all the time as much as you can set time aside because it is the mo one of the primary ways that you can learn god's voice god's will and we'll get a little bit more nitty-gritty into that next week actually what does it mean to hear god's voice and how is it that reading the bible helps you know God's voice. Like, you know, the Bible doesn't have come with an audio book. I mean, now it does, but you know, when you open up a physical Bible, it doesn't just like speaking to you like a voice. Yeah. The audio book's a brand new thing yeah, for that's right. most of history. <laughs> so how does the Bible communicate to us? God's, how do we get to hear God's voice through reading the Bible? That's what we're going to talk more about next week. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in, you know, obviously Instagram SLJ ministries and share this with one person, you know, Thanks again to Chill Hop because you awesome and we love your music. And yeah, thank you for just uh, sitting and chatting with us for this episode.